I'm wrestling, you're not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's up, everybody? This is Ben Funky Askren, and you're listening to episode 36 of the T-Row and Funky Show. I'm here, as always, with my host, Tommy Rollins. And we have a very special episode, because we are going to do the top 10 American wrestlers of all time. Tommy, I'm looking forward to this episode. What about you? I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I think it's going to get contentious. It could. So, so just so all the people know, we were supposed to do this last week. I got caught up. I had Funky Fresh Camp going on. We just weren't able to do it. Uh, but this all started a couple weeks ago. I remember I was in the car in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was headed to have dinner with a college buddy. And uh, you sent me a list of your top ten American wrestlers of all time. Just kind of out of the blue. So what made you make that list? I guess I never even asked you that. I got into a debate with my college buddies uh, and coaches, Mitch Clark, Russ Hellickson, uh Blake Kaplan, Johnny Clark, Casey Kaputska, all guys okay. that wrestled Ohio okay. State. National champs, all Americans, Olympians, so pretty informed group. And we got into the debate. And uh, while I was debating, I decided to share with you, and it caused you and I to get into a debate. And um, now, now we're here. And I think you know maybe we should do this after we give our top ten, or maybe before. But the the. The vagueness of top ten American wrestlers ever is, you know, we don't. No, we should do this before. I think. I think we have to define the criteria we're putting our list by. And you and I did not. Well, define we each it have our own. List. Each have our own criteria. That's sure. part of the debate. Sure. So let's talk about it. Um, wait. I, yeah. So, and I want to say first and foremost, it was very disappointing. I was Tommy. I was trying to Google top ten American wrestlers, and I couldn't find any real good lists. I mean, they, they didn't even exist, which kind of made me go crazy because I thought Intermat, the flow wrestling, the mat, someone would have a list of top 10 American wrestlers or a decent article written up about it. So we're going to have to get someone to uh, transcribe this podcast and put it into some kind of article. I'm in, man. This is uh, this is fun stuff. I think the biggest discussion is going to be the opening discussion, which is what is your criteria? Sure. So you want to know your criteria first? Because, you because you're, well, here's yeah, the thing is that, is that is if, if we're – you know, if if I am uh, if my criteria is different than yours, then that that's going to cause us to debate the sure. rest of the discussion. Um, but the, but at this point, there's no hard since there are no lists of the top ten American wrestlers. There are no hard and fast rules. So because we're one of the first people doing it, we get to define the rules we play by, and we both are coming to the, this this discussion with our own set of rules. So maybe you're going to say something and say, "Well, that's yeah, you know, yeah, you're right," and maybe I'm going to say something and you're going to say, "Well, you're kind of right on that." And then, obviously, I don't think we'll be the last people to ever discuss the top ten American wrestlers. So, hopefully, when people discuss it in the future, they're gonna, you know, be able to bring something we brought to the playing field uh, to the, to their discussion to what's going to define what the top ten is. Absolutely. So I'll go first with mine. Since I, 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 I okay. to you, you didn't go. So I'm gonna say a couple things. So. Uh, now, I did a lot of research because I didn't want to come into this discussion with no ammunition and kind of look like a doofus. So I did some research, and I will say I, I am weighing freestyle and folk style credentials. Um, as far as Greco is concerned, we've never had a dominant enough American at Greco to be considered for what I would consider the top ten. And then furthermore, they've never been, uh, you know, there's never been a high-level Greco wrestler who's had sustained success on the, on the collegiate level either. So... I would say I'm I'm giving international credentials preference over NCAA credentials. And I know that one of the things you're going to say is that the NCAA is an age group, but let's face it, that's the highest level of folk style wrestling in America. Um, real, well, in the world. That's the highest level of folk style wrestling in the world. And freestyle and folk style are different sports. They might not be very different, but they are definitely different. Are, you could come up with examples of certain people who've had 
success in one but not in the other. For example, Jamil Kelly, Olympic silver medalist, never had any level of success in in folk style wrestling. Or you know, go to the Pat Smith, obviously probably easy top ten college best wrestler. Never had I don't I don't believe he ever made it a team. Uh, and you know, Steber's headed that way right now. And you know, I, I talked about Steber and Snyder before. Snyder lost four matches. Um, lost four collegiate matches to guys who weren't great, didn't win an NCAA title, wins a world title. Steber freaking kills everyone in the NCAA and can't make the damn team. So freestyle and folk style are definitely different sports. So I'm, I'm definitely waiting, I would say somewhere around 60-40, I'm waiting international results greater, but I am definitely... 60-40, 70-30. Somewhere in there, probably 70-30 is probably more fair. But I'm definitely giving some credence to a person's NCAA results. Okay. Um, I share a similar approach, but probably different weights. Um, I do believe that the NCAA level, although it is the highest level for a specific style in wrestling, um, we're talking about the sport of wrestling, not a specific style. And so that's why you can only put so much credence in it, in my, in my opinion. Additionally, it is an age group. That 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 cannot be refuted or disputed. I mean, that is an it is an age group classification, and it's only in the United States, so it's not a global approach. We're talking about the greatest American wrestlers ever, sure. and so so to all of those things, I I, I am um, pleasantly surprised that, at the way that you weighted it, Ben. That you still put uh, more credence in international performance, but you yeah. still tipped your cap to folk style. To the NCAA level, which I did too, to an extent. But I think when you see my list, you'll see that I'm probably 85% uh, international career, 15% um, collegiate. And um, I think that's by and large because I think that you have to acknowledge it's the highest level in the sport. Yeah. And that and, and and so I don't think we're in agree. We're I don't think we're disagreeing on that. I think we're probably going to end up. Disagreeing fundamentally about. I'm laughing because your kids are scrapping back there in the background. That's freaking hilarious. They're upstairs, but this <laughs> microphone picks everything up. But anyways, it does. oh geez, is it ruining the podcast, Ben? No, it's about? great. I think you know. Listen, Tommy Rollins has two very aggressive twin boys that are four years old. <laughs> Gonna be hammers. Just watch out in about 14 years for them. Yeah. Hey boys, you gotta. They're <laughs> oh, screaming. <laughs> this is hilarious. My wife will handle it. But anyways, okay. I guess so, the point. The point I was getting at. Sure. Is that, you know, if, if we looked at any other sport, which wrestling is its own sport, so it has its own scale. Um, and that's why we are giving so much credence, whether, whether it's 15% credence to collegiate or 30 to 40% collegiate for you. Regardless, Ben, even the 15 I'm giving it is sure. more than what people give to any other sport for the collegiate dominance that somebody has. Yeah. Archie, well, but, Archie but, Griffin. So you are, you are then definitely. Giving credence to the fact that they are different sports. Folks down freestyle yes. are different sports. They're different sports, okay. and I am and I am saying that there's legitimacy to say to to suggesting that what happens in the NCAA folk style deserves more credit than perhaps the collegiate level in football or the collegiate level in basketball yeah, or or some you know. So I I understand the dynamic where we need to acknowledge and tip our cap to the collegiate level, but I'm not going to give it. As much as maybe other people would, and that's because I think global dominance in your no, sport no, no. is is the deal. That is that is that is the standard. If we're and we are splitting hairs here because we're talking no. about the best ever. So if I'm going to split hairs, I'm not going to go with who is the most popular or who got the most articles written about them in amateur wrestling yeah. news or who who has the most Twitter followers or or who who is the most well known because of a certain college they wrestled for. I'm going for. Global dominance, that is my that is my main okay. priority, but I am going to tip the cap to significant level of success at the collegiate level due to it is a different style, due to the fact that it is heralded to some extent, not even to some extent, to a large extent in our country. So I am going to acknowledge that, give it a little bit, uh, little, give it a little bit of credence on my scale, but not as much as you from what I gather. Okay, cool. And one other thing I want to hit up because I think it is important to discuss it. I don't think this had a high level of uh, – I don't think it had a huge effect. It had the ability to have an effect, but I don't think it had a huge effect on my list. And that is 
two things. So number one, I wanted to research, research historical brackets, right? And like I said, there's no one's made a top ten list. Additionally, there's no historical research you can do on international level wrestling, Tommy. It's so freaking frustrating. Right. Um, I mean, on Wikipedia, you can find the place winners, the bronze, gold, silver, and bronze. And that's freaking about it. You can't find match results. You can't find brackets. You can't find number of participants. You can't find all of that stuff. But one thing that I do think is very important to note is that between the USSR and Yugoslavia, those two countries split into 21 different countries, all of which who wrestle. Correct. So when you're looking at brackets around 40 at the world championships now, uh, you know, I think what you obviously the bracket, so I didn't see a bracket because I couldn't freaking find one from the 70s or 80s, but I think you're going to be looking at significantly smaller brackets and also significantly easier brackets because those USSR uh, countries, a lot of them are very, very competitive on the world level. I mean, Azerbaijan, Georgia, I believe, won a team world championship at some point. Uzbekistan's very good, Ukraine's good. So not only are we splitting into two countries to 21 countries, but we're also unleashing a lot of the best wrestlers uh, you know, into the world championship brackets, thus making it harder. And then the second point there is that we've went from 10 weight classes to 6. That's a big deal. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm completely with you, man. And I get in this debate with my, my old ball coach, Russ Hellickson, who's like a second father to me. And, you know, facts are facts. And when you go from 10 weight classes to 6, and when you go from the best country being broken up into 21 different republics, for the most part, you're going to get a tougher field. Not even for the most part. You're just absolutely going to get a tougher field. Absolutely. It doesn't take anything away from what our um, what our American wrestlers did 30, 40, 20 years ago. Sure. It doesn't take anything away from them because you can only be number one. You can only um, defeat all of the challenges yeah. that are put in front of you. So Definitely. I can't I can't fault them. Oh, he was an Olympic. Well, he couldn't have done anything more. His job was to win and he won. Yeah, so definitely. I'm not taken away from that, but you have to me. You, you have to be a realistic person. Take a step back and say, it's harder now. Now that doesn't mean that Dan Gable wouldn't have won at this level. I, I in fact, I think he would have, and I think he would have been just as dominant. But, but it, it is harder now than it was then, for sure. And so one stat I want to throw out here. I think this is very poignant and very important to note. When you take the Olympics from 1972 to the year 2000. I'll take out 1984, okay, because 84 obviously won 9 out of 10 medals because of the boycott by the USSR and other USSR-related countries. So I'll, I'll take that one out. From 72 to 2000, we won 57% of the medals. From 2004 to 2012, we won 30% of the medals. So, you know, we're looking at we're roughly winning half the amount of medals we used to. Obviously, a large part of that is due to the country splitting up. And another thing I think we're seeing in the USSR and old former USSR countries uh, is that there's a lot more wealth than there used to be because they did they found oil in the Caspian. So a lot of those countries, while they might not be super rich, they're definitely a lot wealthier than they have been, which has allowed them to provide wrestlers with the conditions they need to. I mean, if you I can at, already hear the old timers just ripping on you and I right now, Bren. Well, oh. the old timers are going to make the list, so. Uh, they aren't yeah. going to be able to be too pissed off. But yeah, I, think, I got I got plenty of old timers on my list. But to not acknowledge those facts, I think are uh, I think it's important. I think we got to acknowledge the dynamics. I mean, it's like Tommy. If I said, well, it's you know ten to six, and you say, well, that doesn't freaking matter. I said, well, if there's one weight class, how many world titles does John Smith win? Correct. Well, he so, don't win shit. He don't make a team. Doesn't make a team. So. The other thing, and I'm going to, I believe this is a fact, but I can't verify it 100%. I'm hoping that one of our listeners verifies this for me. But simple math will tell you that 40 years ago when there was run, one Russia and there was 10 weight classes, 10 weight classes times three medals at the time, that's 30 medals. There's only 10 Russians. So you, the Russians could never win more than 33% of the medals. Yeah, now they're, I, they're winning more. I, I, I did. No, no, yeah. So I think, and I don't know where I heard this, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's a fact. The last three or four Olympics, uh, Soviet republics have won greater than 50% of the medals. That, I believe that is true, Tommy. And I, uh, I did it one year. I think there was nine different old Russian republics won medals. 
when I was looking through the world championship results. So, yeah, I, I do believe that is a fact. Yeah, I'm hoping somebody can verify that for us. I think they will. We've got enough followers now where they're shooting us between the eyes on, you know, not saying things uh, completely yeah. true. So I think I think they'll help us out here. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So, Tommy, are we going to go from bottom to top, top to bottom? Um, and then I, I got five honorable mentions, which didn't quite make the list, but they were definitely in contention for being on the list. I think we should um, – I don't know, man. Like, okay, so let's – Let's just go bottom to top, and if we get to like seven and it's been 20 minutes, we just got to start going faster, if that makes okay. sense. Okay, so do I get to tell my honorable mentions before we start or no? Or should I save those? I guys? think we say number 10 and then say these are the guys I struggled with putting above him. Maybe. I don't know. You know what? We might have to go from one down because otherwise it's going to get harder because I don't want to grill you on who – you know, why don't you have this guy and he's actually at number six for you and not, you know what I'm saying? So maybe we go one down. Okay. Okay. Right. Whatever you think. Number one is? John W. Smith. His middle name is w- What's his middle name? I don't know. I know it's John W. <laughs> ha. Okay. I got John Smith. I think, I, I want to say that's if you, you pull American, 100 American wrestling fans, that's pretty obvious across the board. It's uh, not as obvious as you it, think. It is. Why not? No, no, no. It's it's obvious to you and me. Okay. Um, it's not as obvious to others as you would think. Really? I, yeah, I hear a lot of old timers say Gable. That's and crazy talk to me. That's crazy. It is crazy talk. I mean, he was incredible, and I'm sure he's going to be in your top ten, but he is not number one. J-Dubs, two NCAA titles, six consecutive golds, retired when he was 27 years old to be the head coach of Oklahoma State. He's the guy. He has the throne. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I don't think there's anything there I disagree with. Um, oh, Hold on. I clicked on a match. I meant to click on a link. Uh, I'm still searching for information while, uh, while I'm on here. Um, so, yeah, I got John Smith. And, you know, not only obviously six years in a row, but the amount of dominance he had there was um, it was amazing. I mean, he's just so, 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 so good. Um yeah, what he did. It, it it's kind of hard to talk about him because we're both just totally agreeing and we feel like it's ridiculous yeah. if anybody disagrees. So John. it's like, yeah, John Smith. John Smith. All right, let's go uh, next on the list. Who's your number two? Listen you, I, go, listen, you go evens, I'll go odds. Okay. All right, number two, Bruce Baumgartner, okay. uh, NCAA champion. Yep. So he, he got it done in college. 13 world medals. Most ever. Five golds. One less than John Smith. Yep. So, you know, you know, other than the simple fact that, you know, and I'm a heavyweight, so. <laughs> so you're, so you're, so you're showing. Other your than bias. the fact that he was at a weight class that wasn't as widely participated globally, um, there are some circumstances that allow you to maintain sustained excellence in those weight categories as opposed to the lighter ones. I mean, if it weren't for that, if, if, if Bruce Baumgartner was a 13-time world medalist, five-time yeah. gold at like a 184 or above, I mean, I think he'd be number one. What do you think? Uh, I think it's hard to say. You know, there, there's obviously this debate, and we kind of hit on this when we were talking, uh, I think it was on the phone, but when you have obviously sustained excellence versus where their peak was, right? And Bruce, the thing is, no one's ever wrestled as long as him, and you, you know, to get back to John Smith, I was just talking. I was talking to Chael about our list the other day, and like, I heard John Smith was killing Eric Guerrero in two thousand four, which is twelve years after him. No, no, it's wrestling well, room stuff. I can't prove it, but so if John Smith continues to compete, how many more world medals does he win? Right, but we I, cannot. We, 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 we so can't. here's we're gonna this 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 argument that we're ha- well, it's not an argument, but this discussion we're having sure. right now is going to become a recurring theme. Because I don't believe we should reward people for how good they would have been if they had kept going. Sure. And so, and I, yeah, I can agree with that. So, um, you know, John Smith, yes, I do agree. He probably, I, I, I if mean, I were a betting man. He tech called Brands in 92. And yeah, if Brands I were a betting man. World Championship in 93. If I were a betting man, I would have given John Smith at least 10 total medals. He got six and, you know, possibly more. You never know at those lighter weights. Sometimes you can fall off the off the deep end pretty quick. You, you tear an ACL, you lose a half yeah, a step. Yeah. You no, know, but like I probably would have given him another four medals 
couple golds probably in the next quad. So anyways, but I'm not going to reward them. I'm not going to give anybody credit for how good they would have been if they would have kept going. It, It means nothing to me. When you hang up your shoes, you hang up your shoes. I do agree. There's plenty of people. We're going to get into Gable. We're going to get into Sanderson. We're going to get into a lot of guys. Had they kept going, they probably would have had more accolades, more achievement, but they didn't. So to me, I siphon it off. Their career is over. The reasons why are irrelevant. And um, so anyways, Baumgartner to me, the only reason he's really not number one, quite honestly, is um, the weight category he was in. And I'm in that weight class, so it's probably easier for me to talk about and not seem like a discriminatory <laughs> prick. Discriminatory is big man. And, and it's not about the style, or the, I hate it when people talk about you know heavyweights don't have the appropriate amount of technique. It's like, listen, it's physics, okay? So yeah, they can't they can't the, yeah. do the same gyrations yeah. as in tight spaces as a little guy. Gyrations. Uh, That's what you were doing Saturday night on the couch when you were in, in, uh, impersonating Martin. That's right, exactly. <laughs> but anyways. It's just it's 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 about the participation in the sport at that level. It's about yeah, the ability to maintain sustained excellence for a while. You know, I just I just the other it- thing the other thing you haven't mentioned yet, and you you kind of hit on it, but you haven't said seven hence said the words right, Tommy. Right is there's just not as many people there. When you look at the population yes. demographics, most people yes. weigh. 150 to 170 pounds. So and and I and I've always you know and. Since I'm a heavyweight, I can talk more about it and not – it's just – I feel like – remember when we, I was talking about the old guys 10 minutes ago and I said, listen, you can't take anything away from them because you can only do – you can only hit, reach the pinnacle. You can't reach the pinnacle in another hypothetical universe to make people happy with you. And that all heavyweights can do is be number one. Yep. So, I mean, I, if they could shrink themselves, they, they maybe they would, but they can't. So the only thing they can do is win their weight and – and they it. do it. Sure. So, so anyways, okay. Baumgartner's number two to me. Is so, Baumgartner number two? If he's not, I'm gonna I'm gonna be mine. Bur- Burrow's my number two. Okay. And, I guess and here's I'm- what I'm gonna go. He he's, he's won four already. There's likely gonna be a fifth in about a week. So I'm gonna go put that one in the bank. Um, and then the one year he didn't win, he he did have a severe knee injury. And and with Bruce, when I look at it, he goes. So 83 was his first world championship. He goes bronze. Golden 84, which is a, a very questionable, uh, you know, when you don't include the, the countries that were there. Well, the only reason it's not questionable is because what he did after that. Okay, but then you go bronze again in 85, golden 86, back to bronze in uh, 87, uh, you know, 88 silver. So, listen, he's always around the top, but we're also talking right now, in, in all those years, Tommy, we're talking about... Um, a dynamic where there's not eleven Russians in the weight class, where there's one. Right. I mean, he's got yeah, no. We're, he's got to deal with one Russian. We are splitting hairs, and I guess I said I'd be mind blown if Baumgartner's not your number two. I should have. I spoke too soon. Burroughs is the only one that that I'm like, okay. I, I I mean, I'm not putting him at number two, but I got you. You know what I mean? I get. So it. yeah. So so kind of an uh, you know up and down career. Obviously, he wins at ninety three and ninety five. Um, so you know he, his longevity is freaking amazing, and Bruce is. But I got to give Burroughs my spot. You know the, the number two spot. I think he's gonna have five next week. And and kind of on the John Smith tangent is, not only has Burroughs won, but he rarely has close matches. I mean, well, rarely. yeah, Burroughs is like one hundred and thirty-two and two. two. Yeah. And it's like we got Kale who went one hundred and fifty-nine and zero at an age group classification in the United States. I mean, Burroughs is. You know, with the exception of a tie to Marable in Turkey and a loss to Sargush, was it Sargush? Yeah, Sargush yeah, with Sargush. with a with a blown knee. I mean, this guy could have a Kale esque record at yeah. the highest level. Yeah. And um, so, anyways, I'm with you. I got you. As as you could imagine, you know. Um, well, you go ahead and say your number three. I'm sure it's Bruce Lee Kemp. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, here I'm going to go on camp. Let me go. For, for, no, this before is you say it's stupid. This is just listen, stupid. Before you say it's stupid. This is just Can you let me talk? Stupid. You got to hear my argument before you. Oh, my gosh. Okay, are you ready yet? I'm finally mad. I'm ready? mad about this one. I can't. I don't even know if I'm ready. Are, are I love ready? Lee Kemp. He's an Ohio boy. Yeah. So, so let, me, let me give you some good reasoning. So, number one. He's three-time NCAA champion. His only loss is in sudden victory in overtime, right? 
Yagla. Okay, to Chuck Yagla. So you could legitimately put him on a top ten NCAA careers, where you can't put Bruce really very close to that list. I mean, he has one NCAA title. So number, now we're getting into number our, two, our scale how we weighted it. Sure. Number two would be um, he beat Dan Gable in 75, which I'm going to use that against Dan Gable um, when we talk about how good Dan Gable could have been. He beat Dan Gable in 75, and in 1975 – Why does that matter if Gable's not ranked above Kemp in here, your list? Here's, here's why it matters because he was so good. Very, he was 19 years old. And then number three – is he wins world titles in seven, 78, 79, and 81. Listen, Tommy, he's freaking winning in 80. And he won a tournament called the Super Bowl Championships, which I tried to do more research on, but wrestling has no freaking data. I'm pretty sure it's a separate world championship they held for all the wrestlers to attend since all the wrestlers did not go to the Moscow Games in 80. But, Gabe, right? but here's the thing. So wait, so wait, the, listen. So, oh so legitimately... Lee Kemp won four world titles in a row, which has never been done by an American except for John W. Smith, which I did not know his name was W. So I got him number two. But Lee Kemp didn't win four world titles in a row. Give it to him. 80s bullcrap. No, I can't. It is bullcrap. He won the Super Bowl championship. We're splitting hairs here, Ben. We're splitting hairs here, okay? Life isn't fair. And I understand. I understand. I would have bet. I bet on Kemp to win in eighty. I understand the math. I get it. He 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 won in seventy nine and eighty one. I know he won in seventy eight too. I'm giving it to him in eighty, but it didn't happen. It did not happen. And life's not fair. I can't believe he got him ahead of Bruce. Bruce it got might as well have happened. It might as well have happened. He was nineteen years old when he beat Gable in in uh, what in nineteen seventy five. That's um, whatever, yeah, whatever. Listen, I, I don't know what to tell you. He would he would have won. Okay. He was winning an eighty. My three, it's just yeah, whatever. I mean, here's that, I don't know this dude won. I don't know this dude got a oh. loss. He got gold at the Super Bowl championships. He had gold the World Cup every year. He got gold to Pan Am. I don't know. Year. I mean, I I don't know. I don't where know where he lost. I don't know why I'm so mad? Oh, whoopsie. Won seven was seven United States Freestyle Championships. I don't know why I'm so mad. I mean, he's he's pretty high on my list. I just can't – even though he's pretty high on my list, um, I'm not going to give it away. Okay. So, I, so I'm, just mad you, I'm just mad you got him ahead of Baumgartner. That's all. Well, Baumgartner is my four to give it away. Yeah, no – okay. So so my, if, I put him a, if I put him a lower, you're going to go on suicide watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to respect the heavyweight. Listen, four, four titles in a row Kemp would have had. No one else has but done that. But he didn't. But he didn't get four titles in a row. But it's, it's like, not his freaking fault. It, well, well, it's not it's his fault if he, if he would have blocked. Fault. Listen, if he would have got hit by a car on the way to the okay, uh, oh wait, let me ask final. you a question, Tommy. What is this? What is this Super World Championships in Nagoya in 1980? Because he won, I, I, he won yeah, that. Yeah, it sounds. It sounds like uh, an age group. You know, some. It sounds like the Disney duels. It sounds like the Disney duels. The freaking Martians, also. It's, yeah, they, and they, you know, you know what they had in '81? They had the Super Duper World Championships. You know, the world championships are the world championships. Here's the thing, Ben. If if we wrestled an 80 in Moscow and Lee he Kemp. Wins. No, listen, 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 listen. So we're in the Olympics in Moscow. It's not boycotted. Lee Kemp gets in a car accident on the way to the first round and doesn't wrestle. You would not have the same opinion that you have now from the boycott. He would have won there too. You have sympathy for the boycott. You. you if it was just a life isn't fair circumstance outside of the boycott, which is highly publicized, you wouldn't be giving him as much credit. Hmm. I don't think you would be. Um. Yeah, maybe not. But all right. Anyways, one eighty, I think. All right. I shouldn't be that mad about that one. He's an Ohio guy. He was incredible. And yeah, his collegiate career but, is. Tommy, can someone tell us what the damn Super World Championships is? It's the Super Duper World Championships. Shut up. No, it was a big deal. I remember. I've heard heard it get talked about. Okay. My number three is Burroughs. Okay. Um, I do think that after next week he'll win gold. I think after he wins that, I will put him ahead of Bumgardner. I wow. think. I already have that one in the bank, so. But that hasn't happened yet. Well, You're giving it, credit for things that haven't happened. I just wish I could bet on it, Tommy, because I'd put a lot of money on it. <laughs> Do you think here's now? I don't now, think they're taking lines anywhere. Now that we've both ranked Burroughs, um, do you think Burroughs, when his career is over, that 
that greater than half of the United States population will say that he's better than John Smith? Um, yeah, I, I think especially if we went obviously we went seven. Everyone's gonna, it's not really debatable. I don't think. Right. Yeah, um, I'm, t- I'm taking Burroughs as the best ever in 2020. If we did this again, I think we'll be saying it's Burroughs. Def- definite possibility. Definite possibility. I'm really curious to see if they change the weight classes afterward because you know Bender very much hinted at that when he, we were on this podcast, um, and, and you know, and maybe, maybe they'll make it more so that it might, might even make it easier to win a world title for him. But if the weight classes do change significantly, 74 kilos, however, has been one of those weight classes that stuck around. 74 mm-hmm. kilos existed in 72, 76, 80, 84, 88, 90, every Olympics, I believe. I don't think there was an Olympics without 74 kilos. Maybe, in, I believe it was 76 and 2000, and that might have been the only year. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's go. So, you got, so I already told you who my four I'm was. doing four. Yeah, I, I just, anyways. My four is the Ohio man, Lee Kemp. Okay, so um, yeah, well, you know, we, yeah. so our two, three, and four are the same. In fact, I know it wasn't that you had Kemp so high; it was that you had Kemp above Baumgartner that bothered me. But you we know, should, we should do a Kemp, poll on our uh, Twitter next week. Kemp, Who, who's the better American wrestler, Kemp? It is, it is amazing because Kemp, Kemp was a three-time um, champ, four-time finalist in college, won the world seventy-eight, seventy-nine, eighty-one. Obviously, eighty didn't happen. We know why. Theoretically, he was heavily favored to have four golds. And then I don't know what happened in 82. Um, no, 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 no. 82, he got a bronze. And then in 83, he lost to Dave Schultz. And was, no, 84, he lost to Schultz. You're right. I thought he, 84. So it was 82, he took a year off and didn't yeah. medal. And then in 83, he got a bronze. And then, yeah, in 84, he got beat off the team by Dave Schultz, who is going to be, I mean, if he's not in your top 10, you got a hole in your head. You know? <laughs> so so he was bumped out by a guy in the top 10. So for all of those reasons, he is number four to me. He is a clear number four to me, to be honest. these My four were easy. After that, I, it got hard. Okay. So um, let's go five. You're, so your four, your four is Baumgartner. Baumgartner. So you're even. So I'm odds. So my yep. number five would be Kale Sanderson. Yeah. Well. So Kale Sanderson, obviously, we all. Now we're getting into the. Now we're getting into the weighted. How we have different weights okay. for our our so scale. Number one college career ever, obviously, uh, wins the Olympic gold in 2004, world silver medalist in 2003. Um, and then, you know, the other thing here that, and you said we can't count this, but I can't count this because he did come back and compete. Seven years later, he, he came out fifth. of retirement. And he got fifth in the world, and he beat a world silver medalist, Jake Herbert, twice in a row fairly easily to make the team. So, I mean, that's seven years. And, you know, I remember seeing Kale at the 04 trials, and then, and then later I heard this, heard this story. But I remember just seeing he just had this weight on his chest, you know, Tommy? It was mm-hmm. like he had his weight on his chest, and he was just so stressed out by competition, probably because everyone thought he couldn't lose and there was only one. But I heard he actually tried to go home. Remember, he lost to Lee Fullhart in the second match. Mm-hmm. I heard he tried to go home and said, I'm done. I'm out of here. Bobby mm-hmm. Douglas and his dad talked I've heard off, the same story. Talk him off the ledge and say, you know, come on back and wrestle. He wins the, he wins the trials, wins the Olympics, and, and it goes down in history. But so to that point, I think in 04, after 04, because of how great Kale's college career was, he had this weight on him that made it tough, you know, tough for him to continue to compete too long internationally because he just felt all this immense pressure as the American hope, as this guy who was unbeatable, and that really weighed down his international career. Because I think if he doesn't have that, he's just calm, easy, he's happy, go lucky, kicking ass, taking names. I think he, he continues to compete for a long time and win a lot of world medals. Well, he's great and. <laughs> he he's great. I mean, it's just like our honorable mention is great. Um, so yeah, t- fact- Tommy. So let's. This is the uh, top ten of all time. So every one of these wrestlers will be very, very great. Yeah, he's phenomenal. I just his he he had the greatest collegiate wrestling career of all time. Um, similar to that of someone like Archie Griffin, who won two Heisman trophies, but even more so. I mean, he just has. He's clearly the best collegiate wrestler ever. and But I think that there's probably 
10 plus American wrestlers that have had a better international career than Kale. I agree with that. And since my weight is so heavily on international, he's not my number five. Okay. Uh, my, my number five is Dave Schultz. No, boo. Dave Schultz. How do you have Dave ahead of Mark? Because Mark has three golds. Dave has seven medals. Not three um, golds, though. Right. He doesn't have He doesn't have three golds. Dave, to me, is a um, – I don't even want to say watered down, but he is uh, Baumgartner-esque in terms of accolades. Sure. But obviously not at high, as high of a level. Dave had sustained excellence um, to the point he beat Lee Kemp off of the Olympic team in 84. Yeah. Um, but his, got, his college career was fairly underwhelming. Are you just going to throw that? He got an NCAA the, title is what I'm saying. He got one. Yep. But it we're talking about 10 greatest Americans of all time. One is not very good. No, I'm his, uh, his off-the-mat impact and significance and prowess globally and how I traveled the world for eight years – and with the exception of um, Dan Gable and John Smith, the Russians always talk to us about Dave Schultz. Yeah, and, and so you know, I, I you know they wanted to talk about Gable, they wanted to talk about Smith, and then it was Dave Schultz. And so maybe I'm putting too much into that. Maybe I'm a little bit nostalgic in that sense. But I just think he's a uh, on the mat. I'm not talking about off the mat. On the mat, he is a slightly lesser version of Baumgartner. And I got him at number five. Similar, I mean, similar, it, similar circumstances, sure. but just not quite as you know, not as many medals and titles. Yeah, I, you know, I think I think it is kind of hard to seven medals, dude. Seven medals, but that's the second only, most. Only two were gold. That's the second most in American history. You're right, but only two were gold, and only one was not in 1984 because everybody won in 1984. I kind of give people a pass in 84 that got the Why? gold. No, no, no. Not a pass for all of them. Oh. If, if they had other accolades and other years that kind of helped offset the 84 gold. So you've got, you've got Baumgartner. You've got Mark Schultz. You've got Dave sure. Schultz. Um, those guys had so much accolades outside of the 84 Olympics that I kind of give them their gold with – with the same merit as if it was a normal year, um, just because of that, I kind of kind of give him a pass if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it does make sense to a certain extent, but um, I think when you're putting him this high on the list, it's it's hard for me to include '84 uh, just because it was so. I mean, if you, if you look at the, the the list of medalists, it was not a tough it was not a tough Olympics by any extent of the imagination. Because like we talked about, there weren't that many countries. And then you take out a few of the Soviet and Soviet-related countries, and you're not left with very many. Right. Well, um, I've seen I've seen video of um, Sergey Belaglazov wrestle Barry Davis. Yeah. And it it ain't pretty. Um, and and you know and so there's there's a lot of examples of that that you know it's whether it's I mean it's just it's, we're splitting hairs here because Barry Davis three-time champ and I yeah. think he had a couple world medals. I mean, gosh, I didn't have anywhere close to that type of career, but. You know, I'm just saying that there are examples of when 84 really served people pretty well. Yeah, and then so I don't, you know, I, I I guess I just feel like ah, Dave would have figured it out, and Mark won in '85, and and Bruce he had 13 medals, so I'm just kind of giving him a pass, I think. So for for Dave, I struggle because you know, like we talked about that those in the 70s and 80s, there's not a lot of countries, right? There's only one Russia, um, not not 15 of them, mm-hmm. 15 republics from Russia. Um, and so you didn't have the, you didn't have the deep pools like you did later on. And then for, for you know, furthermore, um, he won in '83 and '84. He he never made it back to the top. He didn't. You know, he he's silver a lot. He's bronze a lot. Obviously, you know, I'm not trying to diminish these, but when we're talking top ten, I think you got You got to be picky about it. So um, that's why I guess I, I was picky on Dave. And then obviously his college career. Um, Left a lot to be desired. One one time NCAA champion, three time All American. Um, wasn't super dominant. He had to win in the criteria tiebreaker. Cry baby. Criteria tiebreaker in overtime. So it wasn't like he was super dominant there. Um, so for me, Dave will be significantly lower. He better be in your top ten. Okay, so you're number six. You're first on number six. 
My six is Mark Schultz. Boom. My um, six is Mark Schultz. Yeah, Mark Schultz. Three golds. No other color medal, but three golds. Um, I think he's a two-time NCAA champ. Three-time. Really? Really. So he's a three-time NCAA champ, and he went he went 18 and 18 as a freshman. Remember, he, st- he started wrestling as a junior in high school, so he went 18 and 18 as a, as a true freshman. He redshirted. He wins the last three years, including moving up to beat a guy who made my honorable mention, Ed Bannock, stopping Ed Bannock from being the only four to, uh, the not the only the first four time NCAA champion of all time. Not only did he beat him, but he beat him sixteen to eight. Okay, That's pretty freaking. So um, yeah. Well, I'm still gonna keep Mark behind Dave, but I guess I guess I could swap. I used to think that Dave had a better overall career. Now it's kind of like interchangeable to me a little bit, but I'm sticking with Mark at number six, three time NCAA champ. I thought he was two, and then um, three and it gold. Was a, a very good three because you're including a win over Ed Bannock, who who was already a two time NCAA champion. Um, right. And honestly, you know, if you give Mark Schultz a little earlier start, uh, he's probably uh, he probably doesn't have that 18 and 18 freshman season. Right. So I got him at six, Ben. Who's your six? Oh, it's Mark. My, right. my six is also Mark, so you know we're, we're right on that one. We, we got so the only different so, at five. So we, the only the only real outliers that you and I have right now is Dave for me and Kale for you. Sure, are different. Um, yeah, definitely. And you know, John's another one. John, um, I was looking at John Dupont. Um, Mark Schultz is another one where who knows where his career could again uh, you know could have went if he had a better training situation, and obviously the Fox Kitchen thing really affected him. Um, you know, who knows? He could have kept winning because in 88, he was only uh, 28 years old. So, you know, he had a few good years left in him. Absolutely. All right, who's your seven? My number seven would be Tom Brands. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Okay, and here's why. Tom Brands, three-time NCAA champion and three-time world and or Olympic champion. That's so, not true. What do you mean? He's two-time world Olympic champion. He only won two? Yeah. All right, what did I miss here? Hold on. I'm, I'm going to Wikipedia him. Brand's so got, he is a three. He is, in fact, a three-time NCAA champion. He won, in, he won in 93 and 96 at the world level. In 94, I think he lost in Turkey. I think he got fourth or something. And then in 95... Why is there not more data on this? Piss me off. And then in 95, the world's in Atlanta. I think he tanked. I think I'm not. If I remember correctly, it was he got first, then fourth, then he tanked, and then he won Dude, the Olympics. Freaking no information on his damn Wikipedia is pissing me off. Um, wow. So I guess I, I I thought he was a three-time world champion. Oof. Does that change your opinion? Um, three in four years is a lot different than two in four years. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot different. Um. Well, my list is made. We're this far in time. <laughs> I think I'd be hard pressed to change it now. Um, so I, I'll tell you, I, I did this. Uh, what the hell happened, Tommy? Are yeah. we still, are still recording? Recording, but it's, it looks like it started over. That's bizarre. Okay. Well, hopefully okay. we caught everything. Yeah. Um, wow. Weird. Because our call never ended. That's bizarre. We're in technical difficulties. Um, I will tell you, I, I, I spent about two hours researching this last night. In between yelling at kids at, at our camp, our kids decided to be little, uh, they were being buttholes to each other. They were just trying to do pranks at night, you know? So it was mm-hmm. like it was like bed checks at 1030, and then I sat down to do you know do research on my list. So every 15 minutes I had to you might have You might have been researching Terry. Terry won in 93 and 94. So, well, yeah, I, so I might have mixed it up because I had to get up and yell at kids every 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, three-time NCAA champion, great college career, great um, – International career, and he did retire. What twenty eight years old was in ninety six, so he did retire fairly young. So I'll leave him at seven. Um, had I had I realized he was only two time, I might have uh, I might have changed it a little bit. But we'll we'll say it, it, yeah, he done. won in ninety three and ninety six, yeah. and then I think Terry won ninety three and ninety five. Oh, ninety five, he won in Atlanta. Okay, yeah, but you know what sucks? Like this Wikipedia, I can't figure out how he did in ninety three and ninety four. And 94, 94, I'm pretty sure. Um, I was got, 10, Tommy, so Tom, I wasn't watching wrestling at that point. Gotcha. Well, <laughs> I was I was not paying attention, but I just remember things. So, 
All right. Um, well, who is your uh, who's your number seven? My seven is Kevin Jackson. Really? Kevin Jackson is a three-time World Olympic champion. He won in 92, 91, 92, and 95. And I believe he was in the top five in 93 and 94. See, that's I'm sorry. Why, no, no, no. When I'm researching this stuff, like he doesn't really say it anywhere. So he just said he was a member of the teams. It didn't really say how well he did. Right. So Kevin, always- ja- Kevin Jackson was tough for me. Because, like I said, I do weight the NCAA. Um, and he never won a national title. He never won a national title. I, I, I really struggle with this one. But I just think that Kevin Jackson, for a, he, has, he had one of the top five or six greatest five-year runs in American history at the international level. Um, and because of that, I got to give it to him. Because I think in '93 and '94 he was top five in the world. I think, so yeah, that means for, that's how if they would have had brackets or something. It so that means like, in '91, '92, and '95 he was gold. '93 and '4 he was in the hunt, and then he got beat out unexpectedly by Gutches in '96. Otherwise he could have defended. So, anyways, that was tough for me, but I got KJ at seven. But so he got beat out by Gutches, which is you know KJ in '96 is still in his prime. He's He's 32. I guess it's a little later. Maybe he's slightly past his prime. Um, so the reason he's got me by Gutch is a guy who does not make our top 10, in fact. Right. The only reason um, KJ, I still put him at seven, so it wasn't that tough. But it, the reason why I struggled is because he didn't win the NCAAs. I think he's, yeah, he's my only non NCAA champ in my top 10, um, which just goes to show you how much I value the um, world stage. Yeah, um, it was, it's tough for me though. I mean, it's like I feel like I could be talked out of it, but yeah. I'm keeping KJ at seven. Sure. Yeah. And so, um, no, he he didn't have the greatest college career. Never won a title. Three time champion. And you know the one thing I was told though is that uh, there's this guy in Florida. I worked out with him a few times. Tough as nails. He was, uh, I guess, he was a USSR guy, but he was from the Ukraine. And obviously, ninety one, ninety two is when the USSR breaks up. And he went to a protest, and someone said, you're an athlete, you shouldn't be here, and shot him in the ankle, and he's got his big-ass scar on his ankle. Oh, my gosh. And so <laughs> he didn't wrestle for the USSR team in 92 because he, like, broke his ankle and whatever uh-huh. else, you know. Um, and allegedly, that guy had beaten KJ three times. Allegedly. Wow. Wow. And, and there's no data, so I can't go check on it. I, I, tried, <laughs> I remember at the time trying to check on it when this guy told me this. Um but the guy was freaking amazing, and at the time I was working out with him, he was probably forty to forty-five years old. Um, so yeah, okay. So I got number seven. I got Brands. You have Kevin Jackson. That's All correct. Right. Number eight, you lead it off. Number eight is Tom Brands. Oh, so we, we weren't far off on that. Yeah, three NCAA titles, two world titles, two world Olympic titles. Um, got it done at the highest level, at every level, in a pretty significant way. Um, I won't beat a dead horse there, but yeah, he's my number eight. Tommy, I, I'll tell you, I started a, a, a poll on Twitter twenty what seventeen minutes ago. I have ninety six votes already, and Bruce, I have one hundred two votes. Bruce is killing Kemp, seventy five to twenty five. <laughs> killing. There you him. go, man. Wow, murder is slaughtering. <laughs> wow, getting get my butt kicked. Okay, so you got Tom Brands at eight. I had Tom Brands at seven. At number eight, I have Kenny Monday. How many goals did Kenny have? Two or three? Kenny had three, and he was also an NCAA champion, and he made three Olympic teams. He made 88, 92, and 96, and he beat Dave Schultz in 88, who was um, a silver medalist in 87 to make the team. Uh, Kenny Monday's not in my top ten. What? And, and, but here's the thing. Let me, let me, let me, let me. Come on, okay. okay go ahead. And oh, I'm I sorry, miss, and one, I one missed. Thing, he blew out his elbow in '96. Uh, is what I, I, heard. I missed on Kenny Monday. I missed. Okay. I missed. I missed on Kenny Monday. Kenny Monday. If for some reason you listen to our podcast, he just got a uh, job. Did you see that? Yeah, at uh, North Carolina. At, uh, I. I. I missed on I, I missed. I just forgot. I missed on Kenny Monday. Okay. Kenny Monday should be in the top ten. I blew that one. I really blew it. So let's go to number nine. 
I'm mad at myself now. I'm yeah, really yeah, mad. It happened, Tommy. Gosh, I'm mad. Okay. Number nine. I go first. Okay. I got the man, the legend, Dan Gable. And I, Tommy, I kind of thought you'd have him higher. I thought, you know. No. And I thought, well, you know, I, you know, when I initially thought about making this list, obviously I'm thinking Dan Gable's going to be up there, right? But when I do the research on, on you know, he just... You can't look really qualify. Two-time NCAA champion, two-time world champion, and then the one the thing that like pushed me over the edge is everyone said how good he was in the room, but he did try coming back in seven in nineteen seventy five, which would have still been that you know that's still his prime. He's about what twenty six years old. Let me let me Google his birthday to see exactly how old he would have been. So in nineteen seventy five, he's twenty seven. That's definitely your prime. He loses to a nineteen year old Lee Kemp. So right. this is before Kemp hits his prime. So um, for that reason, obviously, if you're making a best coaches list, Dan he's Gable, number one. He's number one. There's, there's, and there's no a, doubt. There's a dis- whoever's number two is a distant, distant two. Distant two. So Dan Gable's your number one coach. I just don't feel like he's your number one athlete. Uh, or, or, you you want to hear a funny Dan Gable story, Dan Gable Lee Kemp story? So, Oh, okay. Go ahead. So my dad wrestled at Ohio University for, I want to say, two years. In 1975 and six, and he was at the Northern Open in 1975 at whatever weight class Kemp and Gable were at. Yep. And my dad was, you know, um, he's pretty good, but he wasn't obviously Lee Kemp or Dan Gable level. And he uh, made it to the quarterfinals of the Northern Open. I think that's what it was called. Made it to the quarterfinals. He lost nine to eight. Had he won that match. He would have had Dan Gable in the semifinals. Dan Gable Dang would have it. Dan Gable would have thumped my dad. That would and have been then, awesome. And then, but here's the thing. Here's what's cool. And then Gable went on to lose to Kemp and never wrestled again. So my dad, if he would have won in the quarters, he would have been the trivia question: Who was the last guy Dan Gable ever beat? Wow! Did Gable really never compete in that one match after that? Huh? That was his last one. So my dad wow. always says. My dad always tells people. His claim to fame is he was almost the last guy that Dan Gable ever beat. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Anyways. That is pretty funny. Um, so I'm with you on your opinion on Gable. He's phenomenal. And, 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 you know, anyways, my number nine is Kale Sanderson. Wow, you got him pretty low, man. I had him all the way up to five. Well, I mean. Wait, and you still haven't said Gable. Well, we still got one more. Okay. Um, he's the greatest college wrestler ever. Ever. Hands down, nobody's going to argue that. I put you know fifteen percent. Wait, hey, I got a question. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reading about Dan Gable right now. I got a question for you. Okay. Dan Gable is the U.S. national freestyle champion in '69 and '70. At least that's what it says on here. Why doesn't he go to the world championships? Don't know. I don't know. What the heck? All right, I'm asking Twitter. We'll see if I got, we can get an answer by the end of the show. Okay. All right, keep going with Kale. So best best collegiate wrestler ever, um, got himself an Olympic title, was a silver medalist. I wouldn't say, and this is just, I hate talking about these people like this because obviously they had <laughs> way better way better careers than you or I. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I don't think Kale was dominant on the world level ever. And I agree, um, I agree with that. And that's so fair. that's, I mean, I still have him as the ninth best American wrestler ever. So it's not like I'm. You know what I mean? But um, that's why I got him at nine. I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Yeah. You know, if you're going to – like I said, I, I valued the college career quite a bit, say 30 to 40% of my scale. So obviously when Kale's the number one college wrestler, I value that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he did have international credentials. But I think if you said which style was better suited for uh, Kale Sanderson, you'd say folk style for right. sure. Of course. Yep. No doubt. Yep. So um, – yeah, I think that's important to note. Okay, and you go with number 10. Rounding out my top 10 is Dan Gable. Um, and Gable, I almost put him ahead of Kale because unlike Kale, Gable was dominant um, internationally in the two years that he did, did, did he did win the gold. He was absolutely dominant. But I guess I, guess I gave Kale a little bit more of a nod um, – for the modernization 
of the sport, six weight classes as opposed to 10, more Soviet republics, and then Kale just flat out had a better collegiate career. Not by a wide margin, but he was a... Oh, God. You there, Tommy? Tommy. F and A. All right, All right Tommy. Man. We are going to finally finish this episode. We had some significant te- technical difficulties. So my power went out last night as we were doing this Significant. Episode. Significant, to say the least. <laughs> Abysmal. Well, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, my power was out till. Um, 1 a.m. and I had my lights on in my house, but the power went out, so obviously they weren't on. Well, I forgot to turn them back off, so when the power comes on at 1 o'clock, all the lights in the freaking house come on. And I'm like, oh, there you God, go, where, baby. Where am I? That's a nice little wake-up call. <laughs> so, um, yeah, rough night. So let's finish this list right here. Um, I'm on number 10. You gave us your number 10. Your number 10 was Dan Gable, so, my, so it's my turn. My 10 was Gable. My 10 was Gable, but I... I made the notion and the comment that I that I missed on Kenny Monday. I would have put Monday ahead of Jackson at seven. But that would have pushed Jackson down to eight, Tom Brands down to nine, and Kale down to ten. I could live with Gable being ten instead of Kale because Gable had a more dominant career. Um, and now we're here with your ten, so I just wanted to connect the dots there. Sure. And, I, you know, I kind of gave you a preview last night when we were trying to finish this damn episode. So I already kind of know what you're going to say. My 10 is Kyle Dake. And before you say anything, say I'm crazy, say whatever, let me at least give you my reasoning. Is that fair? It's fair. <laughs> so <laughs> so my, my 11 through 15, I had six guys vying for the spot of number 10. Terry Brands, Kevin Jackson, David Schultz, Ed Bannock, and Stephen Abbas. We're all, we're all under consideration. And so when I came to Kyle Day, here's what I have. And it is kind of situational. And you'll say you're, you're making stuff up, you're fabricating. We talked about how there's six weight classes now versus ten. We talked about how the world championships are more difficult. Kyle Dake, in, in my opinion, has the second toughest, se- I'm sorry, second best college career of all time. Internationally, he still hasn't made the team, but he has who you and I both think will be the best American wrestler of all time is the one keeping him off the team. So he can't make Correct. the weight cast below him. He tried going up. He, Tommy, he went up. This man went up 26 pounds and almost made an Olympic team. I mean, he's freaking amazing. And on top of that, he's got a win over Dennis Sargouche. So... Everything you said is true. I just don't think it makes him the 10th best. I mean, he is the second best college wrestler of all time. Um, he is, in fact, uh, had, a, had quite a unique international career thus far. His only significant foe that has established that he's better than him is Jordan Burroughs. And so everything you're saying is true. But and that's it. Jordan, Burroughs, at, at Jordan this, Burroughs is it, Tommy. That's it. So, That's so if Kyle Dick, so here's the thing though. I think, I think what you're trying to sell me and our viewers on is what Kyle Dick is gonna do. If well, Kyle no, here's Dake what I'm trying to sell you on, Tommy. I'm not saying what I'm saying here is results are not all that matter. This is my ten best wrestlers, whether they have the accomplishments or not. If now, if Kyle, if, let's say if Jordan Burroughs got hurt before the World Championships last year, right? Jordan Burroughs right. is still the best wrestler in that weight class. Although he did not win the world title, he's still the best guy. If if there's a, a God forbid, if something really bad happens in Rio, and America says we're going home, Jordan Burroughs is still the best wrestler in America. I'm sorry, in the world at 74 kilograms. So just because the results aren't there, and we have went from 10 weight classes to six, we've increased by at least 19 countries. I mean, if we Tommy, if if we go to five weight classes. Um, he just he just would, hasn't done he just hasn't done enough. He hasn't done enough be, because he's behind Jordan Burroughs. If any of these other yeah, guys but here's here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Ben. Why what? didn't you Why didn't you have Why didn't you have Brandon Slay in your top ten? Brandon Slay beat Satia, who's argued the greatest wrestler of all time, and he beat him in the Olympics. He beat him one time. His college career wasn't fantastic. Yeah, that's how many. That guess what? That's how many times Dick has beat Sargers. And. That's 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 the rub there, brother. Is that you're you're waiting his college career, and you know I get it, I get it. I mean, Dake's an animal. He's an animal, and he might be on that list one day. But I don't think he belongs in the top ten right now. I love okay, you, Kyle Tommy, Dake. If you're Tommy, listening. let me let me put this at you. 
Think about the, the way they've decreased these weight classes, right? John Smith's competitive uh, weight class was 135 and a half pounds, I believe. Yep. Is that correct? So right now we only have 125 or 143. So John Smith, given the current weight class situation, might not have the amount of world titles that he has, right? Because he's either gotten got up eight pounds or down eleven. The amount of I weight classes it. significantly impacts the amount of medals that we can win and the ability of people to be champions. I mean, Listen, Tommy, every say, everything everything you're saying to validate Kyle Dake being the top ten is true. It's true that it's harder. It's true that there's less weight classes. It's true that Dake's done well. It just number ten. Number I think 10, if you put him on the mat go, with Dave Schultz, let's, let's, uh, listen, let's I think if you put him on the mat with Dave Schultz, Kyle Dake can win that match. So you're you're saying that Kyle Dake has had a better career than Terry Brand. You're saying that Kyle Dake has had a better I career. I think he's a better wrestler. I think he's a better wrestler. I think he's been inhibited by the Jordan no, Burns effect, like everybody is. I mean, I, Tommy, if we're making a college list. We could argue David Taylor in the top 10. We could really argue that. And Dake is freaking 17-0 against David Taylor. I mean, David Taylor is yeah. freaking outstanding. And, and he Listen, can't It all goes back to the college weight. You weight college have more heavily than I do. Dake is number two in college. But He's I my think number if you two. Take, listen, I think if you take 14 Russian republics out of this, and you take Jordan Burroughs, out of the equation, Dave's got about four or five world medals by this point. But he doesn't. But, but he, he does doesn't. if we take, I mean, so we got to look circumstantially. I mean, that's like saying, well, if we had two weight classes, 160 and heavyweight, how many medals does John Smith have? Well, he doesn't have yeah, any. You know, does that mean he's not the, great? You know, we're getting the conversation up is if my aunt had a you-know-what, she'd be my uncle. And well, that's what we're doing right it, now because we don't have an exact. Tommy, we don't have an exact definition of whatever. what the ten best Americans are. We don't have an exact definition. This is our definition. Uh, okay. Well, you know. Okay. So, so fine. But they, they, they get number ten. I don't think he's. I long, think he's of that all good. Time. I think he's that good. And listen, Tommy, I, don't forget. I don't like Kyle Dake. I don't like him. Yeah, he would. He wouldn't wrestle you in Agon. He's a freaking chicken. But I, I, but I don't like him, but I respect his skill set. I respect his competitive abilities. And frankly, Listen. when I'm building my list and I'm looking through these, um, and when we talk about all the factors we talked about at the beginning of the show, I think he's someone that has to be included. I just think that. Listen, I agree that if we had more weight classes, if Jordan Burroughs didn't exist, and, and there was one, and, Ru- and there was, and there was, and there was, let me finish. And there was one Russia instead of 17 Russias. I do agree that Kyle Dake would have multiple war medals and possibly some gold medals. But you know what, Ben? That's not true. He doesn't have that. And when you're measuring greatness, greatness is, 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 is rising above all circumstances that are put in front of you and getting it done. And and, and so so here's what I'm saying. Kyle Dake has has done a better job than I've ever done in those circumstances. I'm not saying that. But we're splitting hairs here, and he's still young. He very well could finish his career in the top five or six, I would bet. I really believe that about him. So I'm not knocking his abilities or where he could be four or five years from now. But right now, as it sits, I'm not putting him ahead of, you know, Dan Gable, Sanderson, uh, Terry Brands. I've got a lot more on the list of people that didn't, that didn't, you know, um, make the list. I mean, he got Stephen Abbott. This guy has three NCAA titles. He's got four or five collegiate losses. His only loss was to Mavlet Petirov, who was arguably one of the best ten Russian wrestlers ever, and he's not even on the list. Oh, maybe I should put so, in front of him. <laughs> you guys, I, I really did think about putting Abbas in the 10th spot. Uh, I really did. And then something just told me to put Kyle Dake there. Terry Brands should be nah. in, front of, in front of Kyle Dake. Listen, the guy had two NCAA titles. He had a handful of collegiate losses. He won two world championships. 
He was bronze in 2000. This guy, this guy is, 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 I can't believe I have him on my honorable mention. I'm ashamed of it, but I just couldn't fit him well, on there. There, there I mean, can only be 10, Tommy. There can only be 10. Yeah, I know. Hey, do you want to do a college list? No, let's do it. I'm in. I'm in. Let's go. Okay. Right now? No, I don't have time, <laughs> but let's do it next week. Next okay, week, listen. dude, I'm ready. Hey, Ben. Yeah. Hey, Ben. So next week we'll do college. You know what we should do the week after? Well, the, the week after we hype. gotta talk about the Olympics. Oh gosh, yeah, that Olympic thing. Well, one episode we should do the most hyped coming out of high school, and that doesn't mean the most overhyped. For example, sure. Um, uh, you know, you got Alan Freed, Kerry Colat, Damian Hahn, Steve Mako, Pico. Um, those are what's that? I, in my opinion, Aaron? Pico's the best high school wrestler ever. Right, so that we need to have an episode of that because I don't agree with. Uh, actually, yeah, I think I agree with that. He, made, he anyways, he freaking almost made the Olympic team at a real weight class. Well, you got you got Cejudo, you got. Cejudo so anyways, wasn't in high fun, school he made the team. It's like we should do a what we should call these guys are prodigies. We should do a prodigy episode. Okay. Where, um, I want to do the top ten college first, though. What do you think? All right, let's. Um, I'll look at the Olympic schedule. We might be able to fit that in before the Olympic competition starts. I'm, I'm not sure exactly on the days. But either way, Tommy, this was a lot of fun. i got to run. I know you got to run. Uh, hopefully have this published. And hopefully we can get some good feedback. And maybe someone will transcribe this article. So there's actually an article on the Internet about the top ten American wrestlers ever that has a decent amount of legitimacy. You got it, man. Sounds good. All right. Have a great night, Tommy. All right, brother. We'll see you. Right. Bye. You are listening to the T-Row and Funky Show brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you have built.